Let's try to beat him with somebody. I, listen, I'm not going to single him. I'm going to play three or four horses, just depending on the sequence. Pick five, probably three. Pick four, I'll probably play four. Because there is a chance that that is just a dumbass, weird, freak race. He's not going to do that again, right? Mm-hmm. So if the Kentucky Derby, you know, if he doesn't get back to that effort, all of a sudden it becomes completely wide open. So you want some coverage. My second choice is 20 to 1. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jordan Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's going on, man? I love the logo on the, on the background there. It's looking yeah, good. It's, uh, it looks good. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a weird time, right? We have the Preakness this weekend. Uh, we have like a million Breeders' Cup races. And the Preakness is a Breeders' Cup race. So it's... <laughs> it's, it's it is what it is, right? We got Keeneland back, uh, but it is just feels weird to have all this, you know, jumbled in together. Yeah, it is. It's very weird. I told our buddy Paul, I said, we've got like a really weird weekend upcoming where one of the biggest races of the season is like the Preakness and that's going to be cool, but it's like, that's almost the only race as far as stars that you care about because Keeneland's got this great card that's, you know... Tons of great stakes races. You almost kind of wish the Preakness was at Keeneland. That <laughs> would fit in with the rest of the card. It's very awkward. Um, but I think I'm looking more forward to this weekend than maybe any we've had so far this year. Just because Belmont, Keeneland, Pimlico for the Preakness, they're really bringing it. There's a lot of good racing. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, you know, it, it's it's that final you know, we've got, I think, what, a couple, like a weekend left after this of, of preps. Um, and then this is it, you know, when it comes to the Breeders' Cup. So not only do you have uh, the Preakness that fi- finally ends this Triple Crown, um, it feels like it's it almost literally feels like it lasted a year. And then, you know, you, you ride just, just as soon as it's over, it's like now we're officially like pretty much in the Breeders' Cup uh mode you know as far as the last preps and so yeah it's it's a uh, it's weird usually after the the triple crown ends you have kind of that reset period of obviously during the summer and you get into saratoga and, and del mar but this year it's like you just go right into uh right into the breeders cup and not to mention you've got <laughs> you got the nba finals that just started and you've got uh a, a football season that's just you know a month in now and it's just it's just like Shit's getting crazy. It's wild. It's definitely wild. College football's back in full swing. You've got the NFL. You got the NBA Finals. NHL just ended, and then yeah, you got all the horse racing piled into one seemingly. 
But listen, I think it's great. I mean, this has been a, a nice, um, I don't know, like I, I, Derby weekend felt kind of strange because I just feel like that was like, that should be the first Saturday in May. I hated that it was in September. This race, yes, I know traditionally it's two weeks after, but I don't, it's like, yeah, I don't really care that it's the first weekend in October. It's fine, you know? It doesn't, I don't know, and it's really stupid because they've been running them about the same amount of time, but this one, it's just like, yeah, I can live with it. Like, this is kind of cool, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of, at, at some yeah. certain point, I think we've established, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird, but I'll take yeah. it. You know, it's better than nothing. So. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, with this weekend, you know, this is, we've entered October, obviously, October 1st today, um, you know, and this is the final push of Breeders' Cup races, and this weekend, obviously, is going to be insane. And then next weekend, you've got the Jockey Club Gold Cup, uh, the Champagne, uh, the Flower Bowl, uh, the Frisette and the Futurity. So Belmont's kind of next weekend. The Keeneland, we, we're going to talk about nine uh, nine Breeders' Cup winning your in races at Keeneland Friday through Sunday for this weekend. So it's massive this weekend at Keeneland. It switches over to Belmont next weekend. Um, before we get into anything else, some of the news that broke yesterday, uh, for those listening after the fact, listening to uh, Blinkers Off uh, on the podcast, remember you can tune in anytime live and listen and watch us uh answer we'll answer questions and we're on facebook twitter and youtube uh the news came out yesterday that midnight bizu has been retired and we you know for us in the industry it wasn't exactly shocking news uh, just given her recent defeat and then she came out of work a little bit with an issue and typically when that starts to happen you're like especially when she's had an established career like she has you kind of start to wonder, okay, is this is is this the end? Yeah, I don't think it surprised any of us for sure, but uh, it it definitely it's a blow, definitely uh, to to the distaff for sure. And uh, man, I I don't ever remember a horse like falling from number one. Everybody had her number one to just like totally off the radar like that horse did in one race, basically. You know, she she ran up at Saratoga and got beat, and that knocked her down. And then all these other horses kept kept doing big things, and she wasn't around. And the next thing you know, it's right. like I forgot she was even in training. And then, of course, uh, the news broke that she came out of a work bad uh, a few days ago, and then you knew then because there's no you know she's older. Uh, there's no reason to keep her around if she's not going to the Breeders' Cup. You knew she wasn't going after that news. So yeah, not a surprise, but uh, definitely one we'll miss. I mean, he- hell of a career. Uh, from Midnight Bisu, and uh, I, you know, I definitely think she's a Hall of Fame type. So, uh, but we'll see what happens in the uh, in the breeding shed now. Stretch her. and now Elite makes her move for the lead, and Midnight Bisu comes blasting on the outside after her. These two will turn for home together. Coach Rocks has faded to third. She's a Julian Wildcat on the inside. They're into the stretch, and it's a late to catch. Midnight Bisu, her fearsome foe, comes at her on the outside, and these two lay it on the with a 16th to go, a late on the inside, Midnight Bisou on the outside, they're coming to the wire, who's it going to be? Oh, it's so close, it's so close, was it Midnight Bisou or was it a late? They were inseparable on the wire. Yeah, I mean, 7.4 million in earnings, uh, 13 for 22 lifetime, so, you know, she she always brought it, she was very, very good. Uh, you could tell maybe a little bit. I mean, it's easy to say it now, but obviously you get second to the Saudi Cup, which was great. 
uh, wins the Florida Lease and then second at Purcell Instant. Um, you know, it kind of you know the way they campaigned her this year. You were excited because you thought, okay, they're gonna it's, they're gonna be very lightly raced. She's gonna get into the Breeders' Cup with the shot. You know, this is a horse we've talked about this a lot. A horse that never had never pushed through to win a Breeders' Cup race, and so you know you kind of hope that she would get to the Breeders' Cup ready to go. Uh, and obviously face uh, Monomoy Girl in that distaff, but yeah, so that's a blow for sure. Uh, but I mean, shit, what you know? What can you say? She's had a hell of a career, so it's hard to kind of be disappointed. Um, it's sad, but it's just you know, it's disappointing. But you look at, like you say, look at her now. You know, a well-bred uh, mare, and then moving forward, I mean, you got to think it should be kind of interesting to see her what she kind of what she you know what she can fold. No doubt. And, you know, sometimes they don't reproduce themselves, though, so don't get your hopes up on that. But sometimes they do. You know, Rachel had a couple of really nice ones before, you know, complications. Basically, they can't really breed her anymore. But uh, hopefully that doesn't happen with Midnight Bisu. But, you know, yeah, we'll see. It's always it's always fun to, to see the good ones uh, retire and they're still sound. And, you know, I guess she, she's not sound, so to speak, but she's not. It's not like a life-threatening injury for her either. So... She'll right. be fine, and yeah, it's it's nice to see that. All right, uh, what's the best thing you saw today? Um, I'm just gonna go uh, with the NBA and the NHL. I remember they were the first uh, ones to start back, and I think we were all skeptical that it would last. We were all skeptical that the bubble would work, and boy, did it work! And did it work really, really well. You know, the NHL crowns a champion a few nights ago. Like you said, NBA game one was last night. Uh, so in a week or two, well, maybe three more games, we'll have the <laughs> yeah. NBA champion yeah. as well. So, uh, but just that those two leagues um, are going to be able to finish their seasons really is surprising to me that they were able to pull it off and how well it went down there. Sure, it was not perfect in these bubble situations uh, down in Orlando or Edmonton and Toronto for the NHL. But the guys, you know, went down there. They played hard. It, it was really, really good all through. You know, the, the basketball games have been good. The hockey was great. So just to see those two leagues finish their seasons, uh, it just makes me feel good that they were able to do that. Do you think there will be the same weight held on these, you know, as we're getting champions crowned now? Like, it's mm-hmm. you know, do you think you're going to have the same kind of, as we look past or look back in years, like, is that going to be kind of the the asterisk here? It would be a shame if it if it was. Now, when they when they first started, I kind of thought of it that way. But when you really watch these games, I don't see a lot of difference. Yes, home and road definitely is the big difference. But as far as the competition competition level, how these guys are playing, I don't think there should be. I, I think if you've won this thing, because in a lot of ways it's harder, because you're away from everybody, your family. Your friends, everybody, for two months. If you if you go all the way, that's not easy, and that's not mentally. I wouldn't think that's easy. And then you know a lot of stuff going on, especially with the NBA, with all the racial racial injustice and and that they had to deal with as well, and stopping games, and maybe they're not going to have a season again because of that. I don't think there should be. I think these should be legitimate champions. And I and I definitely think as you see the players, you. You know, you can tell they're not half-assing it. They're they yep. want to win it just the same as in any any other year. So, um, I agree. I think it it doesn't in my mind. Um, it's one of those years you'll look back always and be like, remember that was the year uh, that you know the COVID and the in the the bubbles and things like that. But at the same time, it's I don't you I don't think you take anything away from um, these champions. Uh, best thing I saw 
today I'm, I'm gonna i mean i could go with a lot you know obviously you look at the, the these cards especially at keeneland i could talk about that i could talk about um you know the the career that uh uh midnight bizu had could talk about the fact that enable is running on sunday in the yard could talk about that but you know what how about we talk about the fact that the Chiefs just completely demolished the Ravens on Monday Night Football? Absolutely destro- just destroyed them. Pat Mahomes has one of the, probably his best career yeah. regular season game so far. Yeah. Um, you know, you could the, the Texans game last year probably maybe his best, but you know, it goes out and just absolutely destroys 385, four TDs, including another, also a running touchdown as well. So five total touchdowns. Uh, his counter, uh, Lamar, had 97 <laughs> yards uh, passing the ball on 28 attempts. <laughs> I mean, I mean, good lord, 34-20 does not even close get close to demonstrating the how bad or how one-sided this thing was. Obviously, a kick return um, for the Ravens and and some just kind of Chiefs kind of backing, you know, slowly backing off a little bit, uh, made it a little closer than when it was one. When it was one touchdown game, it felt like how is this a one touchdown game? It feels like we're just absolutely killing them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that it's got to be. You know, we went into the game as underdogs, which I was like, what the hell is happening? Uh, yeah, and then you go, uh, everyone picks the Ravens on the pregame show, and you're just like, what? Are we back to prior? Chiefs, like, what? How are they doubting this? Yeah, well, that's the end of the story. So, uh, Chiefs, 3 0. Hey, you know what? They, they're, they've already canceled a game. What is it? The Steelers and, uh, yeah, who is it? Titans. Steelers and Titans game. Yeah. Uh, well, postponed, anyways. So, you know, you never know. We might be, the Chiefs might end up being, you know, Super Bowl champs again. They may just go ahead and end the season right now. <laughs> I don't think they have to end the season for that to happen. I mean, I think the biggest, my biggest takeaway was it was thirty-four to twenty, and, and you you said it as well. It felt like sixty-four to twenty. Like I feel like the Chiefs could have beat them by thirty. Like it, like Ricky said something. I hope I hope they meet again. No, you don't. Like the Ravens aren't on on that level. They got exposed. Something horrible. I I refuse to believe that the Chiefs are like thirty points better than everybody in the league. So I don't think the Ravens are going to be their toughest challenge. Because they were a joke in that game. So um, I still think Chiefs are the best for sure. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I took more away from the Ravens. It's like, you guys kind of suck. Like, you guys are way overhyped. The throw that uh, – the th- well, two throws that stood out to me for Mahomes was the one to Tyreek in the end zone was just oh, yeah. stupid insane. I mean, he, yeah. he, 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 you could not have placed that better. And then the one to, to Meikle, you know, whenever he had pressure and just got nailed – and just basically... Is that the one uh, he jumped on? Like, he jumped and threw it? Uh, no, that was the one that uh, Miko scored on the touchdown, the 47-yard okay. touchdown. That was... Pr- the, I know what you're talking about, too. That was... You know, it does a fake <laughs> fake, fake jump uh, throw, then yeah. twi- just twist around. The dude's insane. But uh, yeah. then throws, like, a running away from his body, throws it the other way. Uh, the dude's just... He's just... He's not human. I, I've, no. it's, I've decided... I know. I think I said that a lot. But, yeah... Um, yeah, the Chiefs uh, a big weekend this weekend too with the, uh, the Patriots. So the yep. schedule does not lighten up much. Hell, they probably have a better chance to beat. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Thanks, Ricky. I'm so glad. Uh, this is horse racing live stream or a Mahomes fanboy. Well, right now it's the fanboy live stream. That's right. Uh, you can uh, if you have anything to say about Lamar, go ahead. But 
uh, we'll we'll sit and wait for. Okay, do you nothing. want us to go into Lamar, Ricky? Because we could. <laughs> We're not going to. We're trying to be nice. <laughs> uh, anyways, Chiefs beat the Ravens. Sorry, Ricky. Uh, not worried about them moving forward. Uh, <laughs> we will be back. Uh, all right. I'm sure. Sure you will. Uh, let's see. Thoughts on the complete long shot. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get to that, John. We will yep. get to that. We're, uh, we'll do, we're, we're done with the uh, the Chiefs fanboy. All right, today's show, we are going to preview Saturday's $1 million Preakness Stakes, the final leg, finally, of the 2020 American Triple Crown Series. Then we're going to give rapid-fire selections for Friday through Sunday's nine Breeders' Cup winner and challenge races at Keeneland. Let's go! Authentic takes them around the far turn. Tis the Laws making his move now. And here he comes right up alongside of Authentic. A long shot, Mr. Pink News, has made a big run up into third. And they're into the stretch. And it's Tis the Law on the outside of Authentic. These two stride for stride as they come to the final furlong. Authentic is jagging in. Tis the Law all up to get by him. Authentic and John Velasquez have the lead as they come down to the 16th ball. Tis the Law still trying to get him. Authentic. Tis the Law. Here's the buyer. Authentic has won the Kentucky Derby. The mile went in 136 and 4, and they're in the stretch. And it is Swiss Skydiver, and she's opened up on the field here. Swiss Skydiver in front by a half dozen lengths. Then Harvey's little girl, Bonnie South, and on Vuitton. And Swiss Skydiver is sailing home here in the 140th running of the Alabama. Thousand Words keeps on fighting. Keeps on fighting on the inside of Cezanne. Not today for Honor AP. On the far outside, it's Kiss Today. Goodbye. They're coming down to the line. And Thousand Words has done it. Saturday at Pimlico, it is the Preakness Stakes. It's grade one. It is a Breeders' Cup winning your end event for the Longines Classic. It's race 11 worth a million dollars for three-year-olds going a mile and three-sixteenths. And it is the final leg, finally, of the Triple Crown. Field of 11 lines up for this one. And our, our collector kind of joins the mix now at 5-2 to two to try to be that main contender to upset Authentic at 9-5, to five, who, of course, won the Kentucky Derby last time out. No tis the law taking a break until the Classic. Swiss Skydiver, your runner-up in the Oaks, the Philly. No tis the law, no worries. They're going to run her here now at 6-1. to one. And Thousand Words, the horse that literally flipped out in the uh, paddock of the Kentucky Derby, the other Bob Baffert horse. Six to one there as well. Max Player, kind of the one horse that's ran in all these legs of the Triple Crown. Fifteen to one. Pneumatic twenty to one. Uh, your horse, a horse that uh, you know definitely shows some upside at that price as well. But starts with the, the winner of the Derby, which it always does, but it's just a different order this year. The winner of the Derby comes in the Preakness. We know how good Bob Baffert is in the Preakness. Nine to five. You going to play him? Yeah, I got him on top. Uh, I'll, I'll, there's spoiler alert. I'll get right to it right off the bat. I, I've got uh, Authentic on, on top in this race. 
Um, it kind of came down to, do you believe in that derby or not? And there's really just not, there's reasons to believe that that was a phony race from him, but there's also reasons to believe he could probably do it again. So authentic on top for me, I think a lot of people are going to look at this and go, oh man, there's a lot of speed signed on. Right. I, I don't really think there's going to be a horse up there like, on his throat latch. So if you if you try to analyze the other speed, uh, art collector, when there's other speed in the race, he's not in front. So I don't I don't expect to him to be in front. So with skydiver, you could say the exact same for. Think of the Kentucky Oaks. It just happened. That horse was not in the front, and I don't think she's going to be in the front uh, uh, over uh, a horse like Authentic. In uh, my traffic. Same same type of deal. If there's anybody that's going to pressure Authentic, that might be the one. I'm not quite sure he's good enough. A uh, thousand words. You think the two Bob Bafferts are going to get in a, a speed duel? No. <laughs> that's not going to happen. So to me, I actually think Authentic is going to get a pretty similar trip. I think he's going to have to go fast, but I don't think he's going to really be pressured. So I think it's going to be pretty much a carbon copy of the Kentucky Derby. And, and Michael Myers, you made a comment uh, just a minute ago, and that was my last point. You stole it from me. <laughs> Baffert's undefeated with the horse in the Preakness who's won the Kentucky Derby. So, I mean, and, and that's over a lot of years and with a lot of different horses uh, and a lot of different style of horses. And um, the thing that I think makes that significant, right after they crossed the wire, and we talked about this, right? he said, we're going to the Preakness. So, to me, they've rested authentic up for these two races. I think they... He had boom, boom to these two races in mind. No matter what happens, we're going to do it. You know, as long as the horse is healthy, obviously. So for all those reasons, I'm going to choke down what I think is going to be about six to five on authentic. Now, one thing, last thing before I kick it to you, Jared, that one thing that makes it easy for me to do that is I've picked authentic down the road until the Derby. All the other races, I've liked authentic. There's a lot of people that didn't, but I have. So for me, jumping back on him, well, I only left him for one race. It's not like I've always hated him. So that makes it a le- little easier for me personally. Uh, so kick it to you. What do you think? Well, yeah, and you know, and, and to add to that, you obviously uh, went off him a little bit in the Derby, but I, I mean, I was one of the few that actually kept him in my top yeah. three in because I did think he would run a good Derby race. Uh, so what? I mean, obviously, it was shocking to see him do what he did and turn away a horse like Tizalaw. Um, but I thought he would run well, and he did. Uh, so yeah, I, I there's a lot of factors that go into me picking Authentic here, and it's that one I'm not really getting off of him or back back on him, so to speak. And it's Bob Baffert. We like you just you said it. Like we know his record in the in the Preakness. It's never been a question that he was going to run here. That was the plan, and that's they stuck with the plan. The horses, uh, the horses put together th- uh, two straight bullets since the uh, since the Derby. He's just unbelievably good looking right now. Um, the horse just seems to be kind of coming into his own uh, at the right time, and so it's hard to you know. And I agree. Like the only other horse is you know as far as is is this stable eight thousand words, and you know he's not going to have those two go uh go at it on the front end so you you got to think that it's authentic and go to the lead and it's going to be a similar thing of, of the derby and they're going to have to try to catch him so i listen i i like our art collector i think that's a nice horse i, I like thousand words i think he was going to run well in the derby that day um you know i like pneumatic at 20 to 1 but i just don't think any of those horses hold a candle to authentic 
especially the authentic we saw in the Kentucky Derby. If he brings that race back, um, they're all running for second, you know, and it's just hard to go against history when you, you talk about a horse that runs well in the Derby for Bob Baffert um, and then going in threes. And that's usually on two weeks, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that he's gotten more time uh, with the horse. So, it, there's nothing here that makes me afraid to play authentic. I, I think he's going to be... Uh, I think he's gonna be really tough to beat. I think another thing I want to point out that Michael Myers again, uh, he's he's all over it. Uh, the winners on Pimlico so far on the dirt have been Gate to Wire. That's that's very true, and that's also kind of true of Pimlico in general. You want to be forwardly placed. You don't want to be way behind. Now I'm not saying you can't come for three or four links off, but you want to be up towards the front. So I think that really does play into authentic authentic's hands. Now. Let's try to beat him with somebody. I Listen, I'm not going to single him. I'm going to play three or four horses, just depending on the sequence. Pick five, probably three. Pick four, I'll probably play four. Because there is a chance that that is just a dumbass, weird, freak race. He's not going to do that again, right? Mm-hmm. So if the Kentucky Derby, you know, if he doesn't get back to that effort, all of a sudden it becomes completely wide open. So you want some coverage. My second choice is 20 to 1. And I have no no idea if we're going to get 20, 20 to 1. And this horse did let me down a little bit in the Belmont. But number 10 pneumatic for me, I saw a horse that looked much more developed and improved last time out in the Pegasus at Monmouth. Mm-hmm. I know he faced absolutely nothing, but he beat those horses like a really good horse should. And he looked bigger to me. He looked like he'd filled out a little bit. And I like that Asmussen said, no, we're not going to go to the Derby. Right after the Pegasus, he said, we're going to the Preakness. That's where we're going to aim. I'm looking for him to fire the best effort he's had yet. And if he does, at worst, he could get second at a big number. And if Authentics crumbles a little bit, I really think Pneumatic is the one that can pick up the pieces. Other than Art Collector, you don't want to play a 9-5 to and a 5-2. to You know, like you want to sprinkle something else in there. Pneumatic, to me, is a double-digit horse that's got a shot. Yeah, you know what? I it, it pained me not to I you know, won't give my out my top 4 from the the wagering guide, but it pained me to leave Pneumatic off of of my top 4 because I could see it's the thing, I I could see him winning, I could see him, you know, just running like a Belmont race to be honest. I I he's kind of mm-hmm. I think I agree with you. He's completely I think he looked very uh well developed and improved in that Pegasus, no doubt. When you compare especially even when you compare his Matt Wynn, uh, when he finished third to uh, to Maxfield that day, uh, definitely has improved. You know, you can kind of look at the way his buyers have moved and, and kind of throw out that Belmont, and it's moving definitely in the right direction. Uh, so he's one that, and he's especially one too that I you could see like being like a legit top older horse next year too. You know, like I think he's got a lot mm-hmm. of upside. Um, but I love our collector, and obviously, you know, you look at two horses that didn't that were going to run in the derby that didn't an art collector and thousand words and so it's like i liked both of those um that day and so i'm i'm you know the art collector's been awesome uh and so i'm i'm not going off swaying off of them and then ultimately um you know i it came down like i guess another question is like swiss skydiver what 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 Hmm. do you do with what do you do with her? Because obviously, look at her numbers. She's so consistent. She's maybe one of the most consistent horses in the race. 
she just came off that second place effort to She Dares the Devil, who we'll talk about later. That's going to run this weekend uh, at Keelan. You know what? What what do you do if you if you are aren't playing Swiss Scott ever? What's the reason why? Well, for me, you mentioned Art Collector, and Art Collector beat her pretty soundly, you know. And I've got Art Collector not in the top two here. I, I do respect him, but I don't have him in the top two. So it's kind of a situation, if you're playing Art Collector, do you really need to play Swiss Skydiver? Like, do you think Swiss Skydiver can turn the tables on him? I, I don't. So that's why I kind of was like, nah, you know, I, I'll let her beat me. Do I think she can finish third or fourth? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, she's right there. Uh, with these horses I just don't think she can all out win it um, and I kind of feel that way about thousand words a little bit too I think I think he's a good underneath horse here kind of like I thought he would be in the derby but I, I don't know if he can jump up and actually win the race uh, I don't know if I believe in him that much so yeah Swiss Skydiver is a tough one I mean to me the Oaks maybe she's kind of going like regressing a little bit I don't know uh, you know her Alabama was awfully good but I still don't think she could beat this caliber of field dude I think I I ought to, like one of the like the I think one of the most <laughs> uh legit shots to hit the board in the race is max player well at least top four because he's like so consistent he just runs the same race every time uh you know he's this is, like I said the only horse to to run in all, I call them four legs, considering the Belmont finished third, Travers finished third, uh, fifth in the Kentucky Derby, closing from way out of it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, coming into here. So I, I like him underneath. So if you're looking to key horses underneath at a price, I think Max Player, I mean, he shows up. He's going to run. He, he, it's funny, you know, we didn't know if he'd even run in the Kentucky Derby because they said he was tired of the Travers. And here he is running in all four I call them four legs. Let me say this: uh, the Magic Mike show drafted three or claimed three horses, right? Three horses that have like on paper no chance. My long shot to hit the board though is Accession. Like you say, Max Player is your long sh- your long shot hit the board horse. I think Accession. This horse we haven't seen him since the Rebel, not the Arkansas Derby, the Rebel. But look, he finished second by three quarters the length to Nadal, who was the number one prospect at the time. And they were well, well, well clear of the rest of the horses. So this horse might be decent, right? Like he, now obviously a long layoff, but I think accession at 30 to one isn't crazy to play underneath. I hate playing, I I mean, obviously that Nadal uh, angle, and that was, you know, part of the the whole King Guillermo angle, right? Um, you know, it's with true. obviously yeah. never, you know, materialized, but, uh, my fear is that, you know, he's coming off of a surgery off a of knee chip surgery, you know? So, I mean, that's, you know, it's yeah. his horse since March. I agree, but you know, he was 82 to one that day. And <laughs> I mean, the horse, <laughs> the horse, the I, announcer I, called him coach ball. Yeah. <laughs> coach ball. Yeah. I, I remember, <laughs> uh, and so I mean, yeah, I agree at a price, especially thirty to one. I think there's mu- there's much worse uh, in the race that you could use. I I could see him underneath hitting the board. How about uh, live your beast life? You know, ran a nice uh, Jim Dandy last time out. Improved definitely off of uh, the race prior. Even though I mean, buyer wise, ran a ninety four buyer that day. I mean, as a horse coming late, could this horse pick up some pieces? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Think about it for a second. Think about it for a second, please. Uh, Okay, yeah. I mean, I tried to set it up like there might be. I don't necessarily believe it either. Um, But clearly, Halterman does not believe so. All right. No. So the other question is, now this is a Breeders' Cup uh, winning your end for the, the Classic. And we knew that, that this would be a good way to attract some of these horses or at least keep them, uh, you know, keep them here. Obviously, Authentic's already in. Um, but, you know, of these other horses, like, to me, like a horse like Pneumatic, this is, that's the perfect, like, that. this race makes a lot of sense in that regard because he definitely feels like a horse that could run in the classic, you know, when, when you're not talking about the Authentics or the, the Tis the Laws, um, the three-year-olds, you know, like that pneumatics a horse that kind of kind of falls in that because he's not necessarily a miler but he he still hasn't quite developed to be that top older you know or a top horse to run in the like the, the classic distance so pneumatic to me makes a lot of sense to to run here for a, you know for a classic challenge race yeah i mean i i think all these horses except for maybe well two let's say they're they're not really classic types um, but you know, it's worth taking a shot. I think, I think a few of them will cut back to the mile if they don't run well here just to run in the Breeders' Cup. It was like, where else are you really going to run them? You know, um, I think as far as contenders, authentic, if he wins, I think he's going to be a big contender. Art collector, if he wins, I would call him a contender. Uh, and then, you know, Swiss skydiver for the distaff, you know, <laughs> this is, that's not a classic course, but the, but the distaff, Listen, we're we're one more defection. Let's say Monomoy Girl doesn't make the race. You know, she's had injury troubles. She's had problems. All of a sudden, Swiss Skydiver could win the distaff easily. I was just about to. I was just about to go there because, yeah, that's the thing about her. Now you and imagine if she gets like what we think, because we both have her. Spoiler alert: We both have her off our top four. If you think that, so you're going off an Oaks loss. You're going off somewhat of a getting destroyed in in the Preakness. <laughs> And now all of a sudden she goes to the distaff as a fairly high price, uh, especially if Monomoy Girl's still in the yeah. race. So then you're like, well, shit. I mean, she becomes a value play in the Breeders' Cup if you like her because she technically hasn't done much wrong. And you know, we still have to see what she does. The devil does. And wouldn't you be um, and well, sorry? She, but wouldn't you be shocked if Swiss Skydiver gets like destroyed? Like maybe she gets fourth or fifth. But would you be shocked that if she's beat by like eight or nine? I would. Oh yeah, I would. Because I mean, because we know, we kind of know what this three-year-old crop is, and I just boy, you know, the 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 boy side. So you're like, if she gets just killed, it's just a matter of I think the schedule finally hitting her. You know, I think that's kind of. I don't. My thing with her is I just don't like when it's like we're not going to run the preakness, we're not going to do it, we're, <laughs> do not, it. No, we're done with that, and then it's like, oh wait, here we are, we're back, we're good. And so it's like, ah, really? Like, that's more, it feels like more like, oh, we're just doing it because it's called the Preakness and you have this chance every so often. So uh, for that reason, I thought that's it's a little weird. But if you like her and she's at six to one morning line, um, I guess player. But I, I think it's her, she's more interesting to me as we move forward because, like you say, she's going to be a top choice in the distaff, a top, one of the top yeah. few choices, uh, assuming she runs well here. And it's like, it's hard to ignore that. So, um, as we move forward to the distaff, so uh, all right, final pick of the Preakness. 
Go for it. Authentic. I'm going to go authentic over uh, pneumatic. All right. Uh, I am going authentic as well. I think Bob Effort wins himself another one. I'm going to go authentic over... I'm going to go authentic over Art Collector in the Preakness. <laughs> Time for Rapid Fire presented by the Racing Dudes Inside Track to the 2020 Preakness Stakes Wager Guides. Get that all-inclusive 17-page wager guide to the 2020 Preakness Stakes at Pimlico Race Course on October 3rd this Saturday. Features in-depth analysis of all 12 stakes races Plus, get bonus race, uh, multi-race betting suggestions for the entire Pimlico card. But that's not all. Get top four consistent picks from the expert handicappers at RacingDudes.com, including Mike, Saratoga Slim Spectre, and Somo Bomb. Subscribe to Racing Dudes Premium. Get this wager guide absolutely free. Now available on the products page at RacingDudes.com. All right, we just talked about the Preakness, but we're going to switch over to Keeneland, and we're going to do all nine Breeders' Cup winning random races for Friday through Sunday at Keeneland. It's a hell of a lineup here, too. Uh, like you said earlier, it'd be nice to have the Preakness at Keeneland because that's it definitely fits in with those kind of races. Uh, we'll start with Friday. Friday race 8 at Keeneland. See Stahl, Keenan, Ogden, F Phoenix Stakes. Grade 2 or 200k for 3-year-olds and up. Going 6 furlongs. Field of 12. Lines up for this one. 3-1 to one on Diamond Oops. It's the favorite over Whitmore. It's 7-2. to 4-1 to one on Lexitonian. Uh, you know, five to one on no parole, eight to one on Echo Town, but it's really a wide open affair here at 12 horses for a Breeders' Cup winner in sprint race. What you got? Yeah, you know, there's no doubt Whitmore, Diamond Oops, the two favorites there, they could definitely win. And I think they're horses you have to kind of play on your tickets, but I wanted to try to beat them on a win ticket. Um, you know, Diamond Oops, it's so weird what they do with this horse, right? Like, it seems like the turf. Is, is Diamond Oops' best surface. But it's just like, oh, we ran so great on the turf, let's try the dirt again. You know, it's so weird. So I'm kind of like, I'm with them, but not fully. I didn't want to play a win ticket on them. Um, no parole, I think, is going to kind of get ate up by the pace, but uh, we'll see what happens there. So I took a stand against no parole. I went with another three-year-old, though. I went with Echo Town. I think cutting back to six furlongs is exactly what Echo Town needs. Last time out, went a mile, and I think that's a little too far for him. I think he's more that six, seven furlong type of range. Um, you know, he's kind of has this recent history, at least, of like, you know, he runs well, then he kind of runs poorly, and then he'll run well again. Well, he, he's kind of due for a big one, I think. Uh, so Echo Town, for me... Hopefully, uh, you know, some of those uh, front runners are kind of slowing down as, as they go down the stretch and Echo Town can go get him. So at 8-1, I thought he was the right price. Yeah, I don't hate that pick at all. You know, he's 3-5 for five at the, at this distance. And, of course, you know, he like you say, two back, he was a great one uh, Jerkins winner at Saratoga. So, you know, obviously he can run a big one when he needs to. Diamond Oops is weird, is weird right, like you said, because this is a horse who almost won the Shadwell Turf last year, right? wins the, the grade two turf at, at Churchill Downs. It's like, this source is very good on turf. I mean, that, and then mm -hmm. when you look at his dirt races, he, I mean, he, he has won a grade three, but when he runs in these like higher level races, these grade twos, grade ones on dirt, he's just not very good. And so it's like, what are you doing? You know, why? So yeah, I get it. Like I would not want to play him. Whitmore, you know, it's the hard knocking horse. He's another one of those too that in his past, like he he'll throw in some clunkers, and and, and he did it last time in the four goes. So and he likes Keeneland, so I think he's he's a danger for sure. But I I'm gonna try to beat him uh, as well. And I actually went, I like the Echo Town pick, but I'm gonna go with an even bigger price at twelve to one, all the way to the outside, the twelve horse Midnight Sands. 
listen, to first start with Brendan Wallace just for us, ran a really nice third. Had the lead for a while in the stretch and just got, kind of ran down. That was going seven furlongs. That was the first start since running and made on. This horse was awesome over there. Really, really good. Uh, I think rattled off six straight in made on and then switched over to Churchill Downs. Hadn't been seen since February. Ran That was in September and ran a nice third. Uh, ran an 88 buyer. You know, it backed up with a, uh, a bullet work last time out. I think, you know, he's very eligible to uh, to improve off of that race. Uh, you know, and, he, and it wasn't like he faced no. I mean, Bourbon Resolution, Hawk Creek Hustle, not terrible horses uh, running there at a big allowance race at Churchill Downs. Now he gets Rosario to ride. Bryn Walsh uh, is, is very is very good second off. And, you know, and just the horse, like in sprints, this horse seems like at six furlongs, this is perfect. So I think this horse is eligible to improve, and you're getting a big price. I like this horse's uh, class, bat class as well. So I'm going to take a shot against a big price, number 12, Midnight Sands. Next race on Friday, race 9, the Darley Alcibiade Stakes. Grade 1, we're 350K for Phillies. Two-year-olds going to 1-1-16th miles. It is a Breeders' Cup winning year in event for the Juvenile Phillies. Uh, field of 7 lines up for this one. Smaller field here, 5-2 on Crazy Beautiful for McPeak. 3-1 on Simply Ravishing. Uh, seven two on Travel Column, nine two on Gramercy, uh, three to one on Thoughtfully on the inside for Asmussen. So it's kind of a wide open field here of two year old fillies. What do you think? How good of a race is this? I mean, there's some really strong runners, uh, and I'm going to tell you something. After looking at this race, Princess Nora may have some competition because I it's almost like I'd forgotten about some of these. And the one that I picked, I, I had put out of my mind. Number two Travel Column is my pick uh, for this Brad Cox filly. On debut on the Kentucky Oaks Day, uh, actually, was just yep. freaking awesome. I mean, just blew the doors off. A maiden special weight field that seemed pretty good on paper. Uh, and the Philly by Frosted, and I know uh, Slim is going to love that, right? <laughs> a Frosted Philly. Brad Cox, Frosted? Come on. I know. Flow, flow right? I, mean, I mean, this is, I know. This is a Saratoga Slim wet dream. Ooh. And honestly, <laughs> a little bit of my wet dream, too. I'm going to go travel column on top. I just love that debut. But let me tell you something. This is a damn tough race. Whoever wins this race is going to be a really worthy challenger to Princess Nora and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Can, can I be riding the horse in the wet dream? Because I also like the horse, Travel Club. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think this horse is the real deal as well. And, you know, we got to mention, like, Princess Nora, uh, that buyer came back extremely low. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I'm not a big... Like, I don't put all my stock into buyers, but it was low enough to where we were like, okay, that was weird. Um, but no, Travel Calm, that horse looked awesome on debut. I mean, there's really no reason here to to, to jump off of her, um, especially you're getting 7-2. to two. I mean, I, I kind of thought you might see a lower price. Of course, you do have the Adirondack winner for, with Thoughtfully for Aspie sitting here. I mean, you've got, I think it's that kind of field, you know, where you've got a lot of good horses um, you know, that especially that have ran in, 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 either in stakes races that are just going to require, you know, more attention. So I think you've got an opportunity here with number two, Travel Column, who uh, obviously has just been one race under her belt at a big allowance or a big maiden race. Um, I think you got an opportunity here to, to get some value. So I'm with you, number two, Travel Column. All right, let's move over to Saturday. Stay at Keeneland, race seven, Thoroughbred Club of America Stakes, grade two, return to K for Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up. Going six furlongs. It's a Breeders' Cup winning year in event for the Philly and Mayor Sprint. Field of seven lines up for this one. Five to two favorite on the inside. Number one sneaking out. Uh, three to one on Palace Avenger. 
the five horse, three to one on Ladies Island, the seven horse, number six, six to one uh, in, in the minds of Biz, uh, number two, uh, Dos Vinos at seven to two. Another kind of wide open field here with, you know, semi-low prices. Are you going to try to beat this favorite on the inside, sneaking out? Yeah, I am, but I'm not, like, thrilled about this race at all. I thought this was one of the tougher ones to handicap because I just don't think there's much in here. Uh, you want to take the inside horse, and I, I think, you know, you got to play that horse. I went all the way to the outside, number seven, Lady Island. Um, you, you know, this horse, there's a lot of speed in the race, but I think she will be the speed of the speed. I think she's going to be ahead a length or two. I think that's the one they're going to have to come get. I don't love anybody really coming from off the pace, so I think if she can get out to that early lead, she's got a good shot to hold them off. I mean, you look at her resume, she's in front almost every time. And, and you know, about half the time she holds on and wins, and about half the time she fades. So hopefully this is a hold on and win category for her. I really like her at six furlongs, so I think that's another big key. Uh, six for if it was seven, I definitely would not pick this horse. But at six furlongs, um, yeah, I think she fits the bill. And I like I like Tyler Gaffleyon. I like I like that uh, she picked up uh, him to ride. So I think that was the last kind of factor that pushed me in number seven, Lady Island's direction. Yeah, to be honest with you, I I kept going back and forth between that horse and the one I ended up picking here, and that's number one sneaking out. I, I just ultimately couldn't go against the way this horse has been running the last two. Uh, out there, you know, in, on the West Coast, just seemingly has just gotten a lot better. Um, at the you know the later end of this year, obviously, you know, trained by Hillendorfer, a, a horse that seemingly is getting um, better with each race, and the buyers show it. The the time forms shows it. Likes this distance, three starts, two wins. Um, I just really think off of that uh, last win, that's going to set her up perfectly for this race. I like that she shows speed, so she's got that speed ability, but she's also able to sit off of it just a little bit, which I think is going to be important because, I, like you said, I do think that the, that the seven horse, Ladies Island, is, I mean, she seems like she's going to go. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. That's what she does. So I think if she can, if she goes and, and sneaking out, it's a perfect trip um, just off of her. I, I like her late in the race to, to come get, you know, pick it up. So I'm a number one sneaking out. Next race, race eight, the first lady stakes. It's a greed one with 350K for Phillies and Mares. Three-year-olds and up going one mile on the turf. It's a Breeders' Cup winning her in for the Maker's Mark, Philly and Mare turf. And boy, we got a good one. Only six horses in this field, but you don't need any more. You got eight to five on number four, newspaper of record. Five to two on our stablemate, Uni. Two to one on the horse on the inside, Bo Recall. Uh, six to one on Daddy is a Legend, 21 Crystal Lake, and number two, Delica at 10 to one. But really, it comes down to are you going to pick one of the Chad Browns or are you going to try to beat with Cox, who obviously can beat these horses and has? Yeah, I can't believe I'm doing it, but I am going to go against the Chad Browns here. Uh, he, to me, newspaper of record is going to get a similar trip to what she got last time at Churchill Downs. If Bo Recall went right by her like she was standing still. So. Uh, to me, with newspaper record, it's like, well, maybe you're just not a two-turn horse, period, whether it's a mile or not, you know. So I'm going to go against her. I think at this point she has to be a defensive use when she enters, right? But And then clearly, who in the past I would go with was number five, Uni. That's my girl, but she has just looked awful. In these, in these races this year. And I just, I can't get behind her. I think five to two, my goodness. I, you know, I think that's a great price. But, 
you know, got, got killed by these by newspaper record and bowl recall and the just a game and, and was no factor in the four-star Dave. So, again, I think she's a defensive use, but on top, I'm going to go with bowl recall. I mean, this horse last time out and the distaff there at uh, Churchill, no problem beating newspaper record. It wasn't even a race. So, show up at that race again. I think Bo Recall gets the win here. It, it you know, it, it seems crazy to say because it's like, okay, Bo Recall, uh, three back, beat, got beat by newspaper record, but did beat Uni. Uh, then mm-hmm. obviously last out, beat newspaper record, like you mentioned. So Bo Recall has beat both these horses in this race. Yet here I am, it's like that five to two is just flashing. It's like I can't mm-hmm. let that go by with Uni. I mean, how, you know, I don't even remember the last time. Um, especially like in a you know non-breeders cup race you're gonna get so you know she won this race last year in prep for the breeders cup and i and she did i mean she had lost a four-star dave prior to that as well i mean she was obviously much better than she was this year i you know I, this is it this is it for me for her this is that she has to <laughs> win here i'm picking her to win you know the king of excuses but you can say okay first off the layoff she ran uh, a decent race getting beat by newspaper record and boat recall the four-star dave was just the weirdest race in general i mean none of the chad brown horses ran worth a shit in that that day then that didn't do anything and that that just made no sense whatsoever so you're like okay maybe you cross the line through that but th- there's really no excuse here she likes keeneland she's won at keeneland we obviously know this distance is not a concern so it's like She's either has it or she doesn't. Rosario's back on board. Five to two, you're getting a juicy price because you know her stablemate's going to take money and, and the horse that, you know, Bo Recall is going gonna, is gonna to take money as well. So, listen, this is it. This is it. I mean, she's got to win here, in my opinion. I, she's she That race she ran, the just a game, if she can take that to another level, just because I thought that was a pretty good effort considering mm-hmm. if you can take that to the next level, she can win here. But... I I just, you know, she's got, this is it. To me, this has to be it for her. So number five, Uni. All right, race nine, the Claiborne Breeders Futurity to grade one and four and decay for two-year-olds going to one with 16 miles, field of nine. And this one, it's a Breeders' Cup, winning your in for the TVG Juvenile. You know, it's kind of all over the board here. Essential quality at two to one, seven to two on Calbrate uh, uh, for Ashby's and Chad Brown's got the five to two horse founder. Um... You know, Upstriker at eight to one, Superstock at eight to one, twelve to one on King Fury, uh, twelve to one on Dixie's two stints. Uh, you know, you've got kind of a wide open field here of horses that obviously as two year old Colts, same th- same thing goes as these two year old Phillies. You know, you still have a lot of promising horses in here, but a lot of upside that you can still see that we haven't seen yet. So where are you going? This is a hell of a race. Another one that is just like, damn, we got some good ones. We've got some Saratoga Maiden Breakers that I've really been wanting to see. Essential Quality is a was an impressive Churchill Downs uh, main special weight winner on Kentucky Derby Day that I can't wait to see. Um, I debated on this one for a while. I went with number seven, Calibrate, on top. I went back and looked at all... Uh, the replays of all these horses and I just think man this was an impressive debut at Saratoga uh, for Steve Asmussen you look at the pedigree should stretch out fine to a mile and 16th I would calibrate on top but I'm really interested in founder the eight horse I want to see what what he's going to do Upstriker is a horse coming out of Ellis Park it's got a very fast number I want to see what he's going to do as well there's a lot of different ways you can go of course the Brad Cox horse is the favorite but for me on top, I landed on number seven, Calibrate. 
dude. There, this is, you know, essential quality. Being a Godolphin and Brad Cox and Tappet, you know, the sire is like that's a nice horse for sure. Um, Calibrate mm-hmm. a horse, distorted humor, Winchell thoroughbreds. Definitely, you know, the upside is there and the, the belief that the horse can be founder was a big time purchase for Chad Brown, um, who is very good. You know, I like. There's a lot of a lot of upside, a lot to like out of these horses. Um, as they move forward, like, you know, Upstriker, a horse that, uh, I could, again, I thought was very, the numbers came back pretty, uh, pretty strong. Uh, Superstock for Askinson, I thought the numbers came back pretty, pretty well in those, you know, that mm-hmm. horse has been running some decent races. Um, I went with a horse, one of, maybe the more impressive breeding of the, of the, is definitely the higher, the highest purchase of the field. Number nine, King Fury, uh, a $950,000 for Curlin. That uh, you know, obviously, had huge has huge um, uh, upside as far as what they purchased expectations, what they purchased the horse for. Uh, you know, came back. You know, one of the, the only horse in the field too that's ran a mile sixteenth. You know, it's debuted at a mile sixteenth for McPeak at six to one. Now you get twelve to one. Yeah, the, the the issue here, and again, while a lot of people may not play this horse, the numbers did not come back super strong for that race, and that was enough for me to be like, eh, do I want to? But the one thing I know is McPeak is able to win races like this when he's got horses like this that are, are high odds that show a lot of yep. upside. And, he, and I've done it before, and I, I think this horse uh, could definitely do it here with King Fury. I, I just think this horse, even though the numbers came back low, he, he was very very mature, very professional, winning that race, going two turns about 16th at Churchill Downs. You know, he, he, he came off the pace, did what he needed to do, hit the lead, took off, very professional. So I think that's going to do a lot for him at 12 to 1 to get Landry to ride as well. So I'm going to go for an upset here at 12 to 1, number 9, King Fury. And finally, the last race on Saturday at Keeneland, race 10, the Shadow of Turf Mile Stakes Grade 1. We're uh, 750K for three year olds and up going one mile on the turf. It's a Breeders' Cup winner in for the Fan Duel Mile, and boy, do we have a doozy here. Number two, Halliday, five to two, morning line favor, but man, it's wide open. Flavius for Chad Brown, nine to two. Analyze it for Chad Brown at nine to two. Six to one on Raging Bull, if you like that horse, for Chad Brown. Uh, you got Without Parole at 12 to one for Chad Brown. <laughs> uh, Casa Creed at 12 to one. There's all kinds of prices in this race if you're trying to beat Halliday, which I don't know who you're picking yet, but I'm going to guess you're going to try to beat Halliday like I am as well. Yeah, I have two very strong opinions in this race. Number one is Halliday is not going to win. So there's a favorite (laughs) we're chucking right there. So uh, that's where I'm going to start. My second strong opinion is it's going to be a Chad Brown revenge tour. If you remember, he had four horses in the four-star Dave and none of them hit the Superfecta. That's not going to happen this time. (laughs) That is is like my maybe stronger opinion than even Halliday. I think Chad Brown is going to win this race. I'm picking a horse that I'm going to be real honest with you. I, I thought he was dead. I really did. Uh, so Analyze <laughs> It is going to be the horse I pick on top. If you can remember back in 2008, this is the horse that I absolutely hated the most because he would look like he was going to win big races like the Penine Ridge, like the Belmont Derby, like the Secretariat. And he would just quit and lose them by a neck every time, or a head, or a nose. And it's like, three straight times you did this? Like you, I get it, Catholic Boy beat you, he's really good, but you couldn't beat Karik, really? I mean, <laughs> what is your deal? Got so pissed at him, he ran in this race as a three-year-old in 2018 and got fourth. He's like, of course he got fourth, he can't, he can't beat these three-year-olds, he's not gonna come to the Shadwell Turf Mile and win. 
Then he surprisingly almost wins the Breeders' Cup mile after that at Churchill Downs. He lost by three quarters of a lead. So it's like, okay, let's look for him next year. Yeah, he didn't run next year. Well, he's got to be gone, right? Well, yeah. Guess what? He comes back on Kentucky Derby Day at Monmouth Park. I thought it was high when I saw his name. I was like, <laughs> Analyze it? Really? He looked damn good in the Red Bank. He won nicely, and it's like, well, honestly, if he gets back to like top form, yeah, he could probably he could probably beat these horses. So I'm gonna go analyze it to win this thing. Man, I mean, I'm telling you, you uh, you co- you covered that pretty well. So <laughs> I I think I mean, that's who I'm picking. Analyze it. That's actually where I went because it just now I know I'm high. Yeah, well. Well, I know we're, we're screwed. I know that. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, he almost won that damn Breeders' Cup race, which was a cluster, you know what. Um, but still, he, you know, he he bow held on to win that thing. And then coming off of a, what, like a 10-month, 11-month, whatever that was, layoff, uh, and and runs really well. Actually backed up that buyer that day, you know, ran uh, 100 buyer in back-to-back races. He... <sighs> I, you know when you but you look at these look at the Chad Browns right let's look at these Chad Browns real quickly um you know re, like okay so without parole I mean pass I think uh I mean let's let's be clear any of these Chad Browns could win because it's Chad freaking Brown um but I think he pass you know with without parole uh Raging Bull I mean he's shown that you know he won this uh he won a grade one uh the shoemaker uh, he, he's the best turf miler in the world, some might say. Um, <laughs> Magic. <laughs> but, you know, he, he definitely has the ability to run big, and there's Rosario's on board. Uh, but you look at a horse like uh, Flavius, which he's definitely the, the, the lighter of the, of the bunch as far as, I guess, could have some upside. Did run a really nice race last time out at Kentucky Downs. But I analyze it as the horse that you kind of feel like has the most upside and ha- also has that back class. Um, so yeah, I think Analyza could do it, and I, I I definitely feel like we're we're missing that, you know that that that, that male horse for Chad Brown that turf you know who who is his like Breeders Cup horse. Maybe this is it. Maybe it's Analyze it. So he he definitely is a horse that you could tell has had issues um, considering we haven't seen. It's like he takes like these long vacations. Two. Um, we haven't seen this horse in two years before he ran in, in, at Monmouth. Yeah, no, 2018, like you said, November 2018. And then takes... <laughs> I, that was Yeah, it was not even nine months. It was... That, no, it's like almost two years. <laughs> uh, for, let's see, how many, I don't know how many days that is, but it's 60, a lot. 672 days off. There you go. 672 days. And, by, and backs that buyer up. You know, just ran like... Yeah. A, it's, but that's pretty impressive, so... He ran a great race at Monmouth. Imagine like, too, he, he should have beat those. Horses, he could run but... better, you know. Like he should improve off of that. So, well, you would think he, he, second race off a 672 day layoff, you think would be better than the I, first I, one. I love that angle from Chad Brown. <laughs> the, the second off a 672 day layoff. So, uh, we're both on number eight. Analyze it. Watch out. Sunday, Keeneland race six. We have three uh, Breeders' Cup races left to talk about on Sunday. Race six, Indian Summer Stakes. 150k for two-year-olds going five and a half furlongs on the turf. It's a Breeders' Cup winner in event for the Juvenile Turf Sprint. We've got a good one here, folks. Number five, Golden Pal for Wesley Ward. This horse 
very well might be a monster. No odds out yet right now, but got to think this horse is going to be the favorite. Yeah, going to be a big favorite, going to be a favorite that's really, really tough to beat, right? Because this is a horse, you know, that just looked like a monster at Saratoga. And this is a horse that almost won at Royal Ascot as well. So, yeah, against this field, I think Golden Pal is going to be, if not a single, you better just go really short, maybe play him in one more. But Golden Pal for me, I don't have to take much time on this one. I think I think he's a clear winner here. I'm with you. I mean, yeah, I'm excited to see. Kind of scanning through this race, and you're like, all right, you know, who, who do I like here? What am I, you know, kind of looking at? And then Golden Pal, you could come across Golden Pal, and you're like, oh. Just about one at Ascot and come back, came back to just really run really well at Saratoga. So yeah, this horse is kind of the the real deal here. So I'm I'm with you, Golden Pal. I think this is probably a Breeders' Cup. If this horse wins here and runs like like he uh, like he has been, this is probably a Breeders' Cup winner and, and be hard to hard pressed to say otherwise. Um, so I'm with you. Uh, I think that's number five, Golden Pal. Race eight, the Bourbon Stakes, grade two or 200k for two year olds going to one with 16th miles on the turf. It's a Breeders' Cup winning her in for the juvenile turf. Large field of 12 uh, for this one, and yet several in here that are also going to be possibly running across entered uh, on Saturday at Pimlico. So we still don't really quite know uh, who's going to run in this race. We'll obviously know by the time they run this one where a Hidden Enemy, for instance, has ran. Because you and I both really like this horse. Number two, Hidden Enemy. Uh, is that what you're picking? Yeah, I'm going to pick Hidden Enemy if, if he's in the race. I'm really rooting for him to run at Pimlico because I like him better in that spot. I think it's an easier spot. And, you know, this horse is still a maiden, so, you know, it's not like this is a slam dunk, but he's been beaten by some pretty nice horses. There's no question about that. And his speed figures are better than anything in either race, whether it's the, the race on Saturday right. at Pimlico or this one. So that's why I put him on top. Uh, I, I told you before we get on the air that I would do a backup pick just in case Hidden Enemy does go Saturday. And again, I hope he does because I like him better at Pimlico. Um you know, I, I like Into the Sunrise. I'm going to let you talk about him, though. Because I, I, the more I think about it, the, the tin horse for Todd Pletcher, how, 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 do, you, how do you want me to say that? Moosebeck? Uh, yeah, what would you call it earlier? Moosebeck. <laughs> Moosebeck, anyway. Moosebeck, but yeah. He was a very flashy debut winner at Saratoga, okay? He went to the hopeful, and he got beat badly. I kind of thought, well, stretch him out to a mile 16, he'll be in the futurity, or maybe he goes to the Champagne at, at Belmont. Him showing up here on the turf is really telling to me. It t tells me that Pletcher thinks, yeah, I think he's going to be decent on the turf. Let's try it. So I'm going to put him as my backup pick. Uh, the dame of this horse is by Scat Daddy, and we know that horse can can do it, can can, can produce good turf horses as well. Uh, worked out on the turf September 25th at Saratoga. Uh, a minute flat for five furlongs. I would say they they said, okay, we're going to try these turf works and we're going to see if it works. Two decent turf works. Gets Luis Saez. That's my backup pick. And my, my optimal situation in my mind now is hidden enemy, please run Saturday. And then I'll, you know, I'll take the Pletcher horse here on Sunday and, and, and he's semi-confident he's going to run well. Yeah, I mean that the two obviously I, I'm on hidden enemy as well in this race. If he runs here, uh, I'm with you though. I think he seems likely to run. I would think you know run at, at Pimlico, but if he if so, say he's out of this race. I like I like the one. You know, you and I talked a lot about the, that uh, Pletcher horse a lot um, off air. So that would be one that I would back up with. I also like the. Uh, 
Into sun, into the sunrise, which I guess is what number four. Um, into the sunrise, and this is a horse that debuted on dirt and was well beaten. This is a Wesley Ward trained horse. Comes back at uh, at Ellis to run the turf and runs really, really well. Really nice uh, performance there. Then comes goes to Woodbine and just barely gets beat by Gretzky the Great, which obviously was awesome last week. Uh, at, at, at Woodbine. So a very nice horse to get beat by. Just damn near beat that horse. And see now, you know, now this horse is uh, is stretching out to a mile 16th. And, you know, it's Wesley Ward and you get Bayerano uh, who rode this horse on uh, that main special weight at Ellis. So he knows a little bit about the horse and obviously he's very, very well bred. Gets blinkers off to relax the horse a little bit. So yeah, I, I think Into the Sunrise just has that back class as well as obviously... The numbers are, are very comparable to a lot of these. You know, that number that a horse got that Woodbine race was really impressive. And, of course, Gretzky the Great showed how good that horse was. So that, you know, really proved to me that that race was legit. So if, uh, you know, even with Hidden Enemy in the race, I mean, I think these two horses, I think that's very clear to say, like, these two horses are very dangerous. Um, I, I, I definitely, even if Hidden Enemy's in the race, I wouldn't say, well, only play Hidden Enemy. No, I think if you're playing multi, so you got to include a lot of these, including the ones we mentioned. So, hitting to me on top for me, Into the Sunrise if he's out. And finally, race nine on Sunday at Keeneland. The Judmont Spencer Stakes, grade one with 400K for Phillies and Mares. Three-year-olds and up going one and eighth miles. Phil six lines up for this one, of course. We would have loved to have seen Midnight Bizu in this race. By the way, as we mentioned earlier, she has been uh, retired. So, you got to fill a six. And it's very one of the... It's, it's, it's very interesting, the race in general. It's not, you know, not a lot of heavy hitters, but you do have the Oaks winner. She Dares the Devil, the upset winner, of course, uh, running here. And it's kind of, obviously, she had, she's rattled off three in a row, but she ran such an improved race that day in the Oaks. She enters this race is like, how legit was that race? And, and she's got to prove it here. I mean, always candy is a horse. It's very frustrating to pick, but she's also... A very well-established horse and runs in some basically a perennial grade one horse uh, that runs in these kind of races so you know she's going to be up against it as a three-year-old obviously versus a five-year-old but she dares the devil i think that's the bigger question do you know do you trust her it's a very difficult race because of her because you just don't know who is the real she dares the devil is it the oaks winner is it the the one that won those other races and didn't get the speed figures that we all thought she would need to compete in the oaks so the thing that made it easy for me, though, to pick She Dares the Devil is this is a class drop for her. <laughs> these were, the win in the Oaks had to be tougher than, than beating these horses. So um, all these candy invents ways to lose races. So, uh, you know, maybe this is the time she gets it done. But I went with She Dares the Devil. I don't have a lot of confidence. I am going to play more than just her in the Maltese. But I think, uh, you know, if she runs her Oaks race, she wins easy. And I think even if she regresses, regresses a little probably still got a pretty decent shot to win so she dares the devil not overly confident but i think she's gonna win this one you know what did it for me is i yeah i'm with you i mean you said it exactly i mean this is a this definitely has to be a class relief but you know i I was like okay i'm gonna try to beat her with lady kate you know finished second last time out to monomoy girl and you went back and watched the replay. I thought, okay, yeah. And then I'm like, do you see who's celebrating? And it happens to be Brad Cox. And you're like, well, am I really going to play against this guy? With, with She Dares the Devil, who obviously is a very good trainer and has this horse very good right now. Flo's riding. Brad Cox just won the Oaks. We've kind of seen that before, right? So <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't. So I'm she's, she's obviously very good and... and 
Um, this is a big proving race for her, for sure, to see how legit she is, especially as we talked about earlier with, with Monomoy and, uh, and Swiss Skydiver as they move forward into the, you know, this is a, the final race is that when you're in for the, the distaff. Um, so as they move into the final, you know, final prep here for that, like that is a big race for her to see what she is. You know, how, is she a horse that's just completely emerging at the right time? Or was that kind of a freak performance? Like, uh, you know, jumping her buyer from an 86 to a 101 that day. So she definitely mm-hmm. has bounce written over, written all over her in that regard. But in a race to so like, you can't get, I mean, you're having to stretch to beat her and always candy, like you said, it doesn't matter who she's facing. She gets finds ways to lose those races, you know. So at least she dares the devil is coming in this race. <laughs> she's ran. She dares the devil's ran one three times, four times, five times maybe, four times since mm-hmm. since all this candy last won. Okay. Yeah. So that tells yeah. you a little bit about that. So I'm gonna go with she dares the devil as well. <laughs> So all the time we have to check out RacingDudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our Handicap Products page. Click the products link at the main menu at RacingDudes.com to learn more. Remember, go check out our all-inclusive wagering guide. 17 pages for the 2020 Preakness Stakes at Pimlico. This Saturday features in-depth analysis of all 12 stakes. The whole card is stakes races. Plus, get bonus uh, multi-race betting suggestions for the entire card. And you'll get top four consensus picks from all the expert handicappers at RacingDudes.com. There's eight of us on there. Uh, so you kind of get a vast uh, variety of... Um, of what we're thinking of all these stakes races subscribe to racing news premium and get this guide for free as well as the uh if you're a subscriber you also get the breeders cup guide for free so it's a good time to subscribe to the premium picks we're currently covering 30 plus tracks all offering free picks we're on twitter at racehorse of dudes instagram and facebook listen to us on soundcloud itunes google Play, citrine website racingdudes.com uh the magic mike show is literally following us up right after this uh, if you're tuning in after the fact they are doing the late pick four at keeneland as well so if you want some you know, analysis of that is Saturday's card. Uh, get that and listen to them on all those same platforms as well. Uh, how are you feeling about the, uh, real quickly, the uh, the OU loss? you over it? Oh, uh, yeah, I was over it as soon as it happened. <laughs> we're no longer a big-time football program. We think, we, we pretend we are, but we're not. So, And we haven't been well for said. a couple of years. So you're, so is it is it no pressure now the rest of the year? You're just kind of like, whatever? I don't really care what they do until they until they uh, I don't I don't want to sit here on air and say they got it they're, they're not ever going to win under Lincoln Riley like big but they're never going to win under Lincoln Riley big so what what <laughs> happens is he get another job and you know or do they you know they're not going to fire Lincoln Riley but uh, you could be a you could be a Chiefs fan we'll let you jump on that one hey listen my NFL teams are two and one uh, you know the Browns they're number one for me they're two and one and then first winning record in like six years at any point in the season so that's good and then uh the Cardinals are two and one even though they they had a bad game last week I can't Tyler they lost the free, no he played awful they lost the Lions I couldn't believe it he kept throwing picks man just kept throwing bad interceptions over and over yeah and that's not him at all they'll they will they will come back from that I, I'm not worried about them the Browns, they play the Cowboys. I think that'll be an interesting game. Um, yeah, Cowboys. OU, they play at Iowa State, and, you know, they'll probably win that game because that's kind of what they do. But to me, it doesn't matter. Like, you go to the playoffs, you get embarrassed in your Oklahoma. That's not that's not good. And every year since Bob Soup's left, we're getting worse. Yep. And we've seemed to be worse than ever the fourth year which now is all Lincoln Riley 
guys, right? There's no there's no stoops leftovers anymore. And every year we just keep falling. But every year our recruiting gets better, but we keep getting worse on the field. And it, it seems like every it's like, well, we like it's hard like how we get mad at them because he keeps, you know, we get to the playoffs. It's like, well, is that what you're trying to do? Just get to the playoffs? Some programs for sure, but OU is sure. not one of those programs. Well, we're not supposed to be, but it seems like that's our goal now. So hey, at least you guys beat Missouri State this year. So that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. A- when we play teams like that, we look good. <laughs> we look very good. Well, they'll win this weekend. They'll be back on the 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 train of hey, yeah, we're really good. Um, we're the best team, and yeah, not so. me. <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Everyone, if you're listening to us live or watching live, just stay tuned right here. And uh, the Magic Mike Show will be on right after us. If you're listening after the fact, go check them out as well. Remember, this is a huge weekend for both the Breeders' Cup and the Preakness obviously wraps up the Triple Crown. So tune in to us uh, this weekend on Saturday at 3 o'clock Central Time. And we will be covering all those races. Uh, most of the races we talked about today, we'll be covering those live. So tune in for that. All right, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this week. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. (laughs) 